Good morning, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning us back in on this morning. This is Crossroads, and I am your host, moderator, and narrator Lee Adams, and we are bringing to you our podcast entitled Crossroads, where North and South meet East and West. Our logo is that of Interstate 55, which travels north and south, and Interstate 40, which travels east and west, and it traverses and meets at an epicenter in our location in Tennessee, as well as in Arkansas. And where it comes together, it is called Crossroads, and it is center point. And so we are here to discuss contemporary topics of interest with leading men and women in industry and government and education to include agriculture and community development, uh, as well as health and wellness. We talk about our political climate and other issues that so adversely affect all of us in this time. I want to thank Dr. Bruce Smith, who is the producer of Crossroads through BBS Gospel Net, along with his wife, Dr. Victoria Smith. You can download the Podbean app and connect with the BBS Gospel Net with me, Dr. Lee Adams, as contemporary and relevant topics are explored each week as we talk about those institutions that affect the lives of Americans every day. We have been bringing to you topics of interest. Uh, when we first began, we looked at the institution of racism, which is unfortunately continues to rear its head here in America and around the globe. And so there are some who would ask us, why are we discussing race and racism so much? And I would tell anyone that if there was no prejudice or bias, if everyone was colorblind, if we could all have equal treatment under the law, there would be no reason to discuss racism. But unfortunately, we're living in a time in which men and women are not allowing one another to be seen as equals and as partners in this episode of life in which we're living. And so because of its epicenter and crossroads and it is ingrained and involved in every facet of life, then we have to explore those topics. We cannot act like we're ostriches and stick our heads under the sand, stick our heads under the cover and act like it doesn't exist. And what we have to do is to confront what it is head on. And we understand that there are men and women of goodwill who are working tirelessly to bring us all together under the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. And so we're looking today at crossroads where east and west meets north and south. I want to thank you for tuning in on today. But we are at a crossroads of challenge, the challenge of asking the question, where do we go? From here, we have listened to round one of debate fest, mud fest, slug fest, uh, whatever you want to call it, name call fest, chicken fest, and many are wondering where do we go from here? Why are we using slogans in debates? that tends to lead itself to believing that there are others 
who are standing in the background waiting for things to happen. And so one of our candidates has said that this particular race that we are involved in for the next president of the United States is a race for the soul of America. The presidential candidate is saying, let's make America great again and keep America great. And there are underlying tones to both of those messages. And so we're asking you, where do we go from here? I know it's important. It's on the minds and hearts of people everywhere, even in America, when so much is going on, when we have fires in our Northwest, when we have inclement weather down in our Southern areas, when we have droughts in other areas, hurricanes and tornadoes that are ravaging when we have shortages, when we have unemployment and underemployment, when we are struggling with whether there will be another stimulus package that will help to alleviate some of the economic suffering that is going on in America. We are at a crossroads. In our earlier podcast, we spoke with the eminent professor, Dr. C.L. Holly, Dr. Charles Holly, out of Huntsville, Alabama, as we took our crossroads down south, as he explored with us the institution of racism in education and how it was perpetuated and how men and women, boys and girls, were denied equal opportunities. Dr. Hardy spoke to us about the role of the church in maintaining racism and justification that was used even through the religious institution of the church. And so Dr. Hardy presented us uh, with a multifaceted approach to all that went on as far as the church was concerned and is continuing to go on. We've moved further south, down into Florida, Daytona Beach, where we met with Dr. Willie J. Greer Kimmons, who explored racism from the, from the educational standpoint. And he reviewed uh, some of his experiences that he had in his early life in growing up and being schooled in Hernando, Mississippi in a one-room schoolhouse, matriculating to Memphis, Tennessee, and attended all-black schools. Also, from there to Lincoln University, to the military, to being a teacher and a college professor. And he enlightened us on some of the experiences that he had along the way. And so we have looked at these institutions of the church and of education. Tonight, we're going to look at another institution as we deal with the political climate. Everybody is talking politics these days. I don't care where you go, uh, it's on the minds of somebody. We're not talking about weather like we used to. It's now politics is the talk of today. Tonight, we're going to move back north. We're going to cross the Mississippi River, and we're going to come back into Arkansas, and we're going to take 55 North, 
and we're going to talk with another young gentleman who is going to enlighten us some of his views and observations as well as some of his experiences. The one I want to introduce to you tonight, excuse me, uh, today is councilman in the city of Gilmore. He's been a volunteer firefighter and continues to be a firefighter in the city of Gilmore as well as in Marion, Arkansas. He's a past state board member of the Arkansas Municipalities League. He uh, graduated from MCC in Bible, Arkansas, and matriculated to Arkansas Baptist College in Little Rock, where he served as student government president. He is a past business CEO, CEO of Raybot Incorporated. He is a businessman. He is presently pastorally assigned in Holmestown, Missouri at St. Paul Baptist Church. He is a candidate for Office of State Representative, District 55, House of Representatives, State of Arkansas. I want to present our guest tonight, none other than Pastor, Mr. Professor, Businessman Garrett Tobar. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, depending on where you are in the world. Good day. Well, good morning to you as well, Dr. Adams. I, I tell you what, uh, I've been to a lot of, I've shared an opportunity to be on the airways, uh, many various uh, parts of the world. And uh, I must say, I love your talk, your talk show uh, because it didn't get me quite as early, up early this morning. And uh, but I, I still got my coffee. I'm actually sipping on my coffee, and it is an honor uh, to join and be here with you this morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you so very much. Uh, I know that in looking at your uh, resume as well as your bio, uh, that you were uh, born in Memphis, Tennessee, across the river. Uh, but you are a resident and have been a resident uh, for 99.9% uh, of your life. Um, and so uh, could you give me and this audience uh, just a brief synopsis of your early childhood and how is it that you uh, went from Memphis, Tennessee uh, to the great state of Arkansas? Oh, absolutely. I, I'm very, uh, I'm very grateful to say that I am an Arkansan. Uh, I've been very fortunate, uh, regardless of, you know, it depends on where, where, where you live. If you live in the south, southern part of the state of Arkansas, or if you live in the northern part of the state of Arkansas, our accents seem to change. And so, uh, but I've been told that my accent doesn't really define that I'm from Arkansas. So uh, even when I'm in Memphis, <laughs> but I'm an Arkansan. And uh, but I, I I grew up in a little small community uh, there uh, called Deckerville, Arkansas. Deckerville is about maybe uh, 14 miles, a right off of uh, what we would call the Interstate 55 Pi, 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 and uh, a very small rural farm area where my parents uh, grew um, grew their family, raised their families. And uh, my the late Mr. W.C. and Miss Iona Tobar, uh, God bless them. I thank God for wonderful parents. My father was a farmer. I worked on the farm there. And uh, my mom, who had a small small nestling family of 11 children. Uh, and uh, so uh, she was a home care provider uh, there uh, during the agricultural side of my father. And um, we've been very blessed to be affiliated in the South. And we got a chance to move from that small place up a little bit closer toward Memphis area, uh, which is Gilmore. 
and that was a, a, a whopping four miles up the road uh, where the lights, we had lights in uh, five streets. And uh, and uh, the population of a couple hundred people back then, and, and to us it seemed like uh, I was in Memphis. Metropolitan <laughs> <laughs> so, Gilmore, the big city of Gilmore, <laughs> Gilmore, Arkansas, 1978, and uh, yeah, and uh, had had an opportunity. My my parents again, I'm very thankful for them for raising us raising us up in church, very strong Christian family. My mom was a, a, a very strong Christian lady who not only served as an usher, she was the president of the choir, and president of the pastor's aid committee. And, and uh, you know, she was over the cleaning part of the, of the church. And my father, he was a deacon of the church and then he was a, kind of the treasurer and all of that. So uh, they, they really uh, brought us up in church, nine boys and uh, two girls. And uh, I've been very fortunate to say coming up from a small family of 11, uh, that really, really gave me an opportunity uh, to really understand how to share, how to be concerned about others, how not to be selfish. Uh, but to be willing to share. And I must say to Dr. Adams in brief that this morning that my mom, uh, when I think about uh, my characteristics, my mom, she actually transitioned my senior year of high school back in 1988. So I was a senior in high school then. Uh, and uh, But my mom was very, um, again, she was just a one of those women that when she cooked, everybody wanted to eat her cooking. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I, mean, I mean, you know, she had 11 of us home, but it looked like everybody wanted to come to her, to the Tobar's home. And uh, my yes, mom, sir. for some reason, uh, she always had more than enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and I, I was a little bit spoiled because I was the baby. So she would always put a little bit extra on mine in the beginning because, uh, hey, man, she already knew half of the town, some of the people were going to be coming by um, and serve, and she was going to serve them. So so the hospitality, and um, uh, I really can honestly say it has been part of my DNA uh, because I had both parents who were very, again, Christian, strong Christian, willing to give. My father, who everybody thought was rich, and he wasn't. But everyone pretty much borrowed from him. They didn't go to the bank. They went to my dad. <laughs> and my dad, 90% uh, of the time, never told anyone no. And, uh, but only the children. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But, yeah. My, my, but, but growing up in that community and uh, been there for, uh, for a lifetime. And, and, again, I've been able to be on the grassroots levels growing up. I'm moving to Bible once I graduated. That's where I got my uh, first degree from going into Bible, Arkansas. There in the Delta, uh, right up the road, 55, just right up the road. Uh, less than, what, 47 miles from home, original home state. And boy, you talking about living like I was in a big city like Memphis and Bible. Oh, my God. You talking about streets that I couldn't even uh, imagine. We're in one location. It says this is a one. I'm still in the city. <laughs> well, I'm so, sure that uh, you made uh, many uh, acquaintances and friends and connections while you were uh, in Blavid, I'm assuming, and I believe it's, uh, it's correct. That is also uh, where you went to school as well as where you worked. That is correct. I uh, got a chance to. Uh, go to Blytheville, which gave me a lot. That's why I really value Bible so much as well, because, again, leaving a small 200-plus uh, community like Gilmore and then going to a major um, uh, rural, a larger city like uh, Blytheville, Arkansas, you're talking back then almost 30,000 people. And um, during the population who had an Air Force base, which is – Actually, I'm excited because I'll be there uh, a little bit later on because we're actually uh, the ECTA uh, racing is, is today as well. Actually, starts 
it's already going on. It starts at eight o'clock this morning. And um, so I'm going to watch you and I, hopefully we, I can have enough time to go over. They, they're going to be there till six o'clock this evening. But that Air Force Base, which actually holds, which is the second largest airport strip uh, in the entire United States, right, right, right there in Gosnell, Arkansas, right outside of Blyville. And so Blyville gave me a lot of opportunities to UPS, uh, gave me my first job there, uh, 19, working with UPS for for uh, a lot of times. And, and so I was very thankful for having the opportunity to grow up, make a lot of business and, and good friendship uh, there, there in Blyville, Arkansas, uh, right up the road, just uh, five, five, Interstate 55. Okay. Um, trying to switch gears a little, um, understand that uh, right now on your um, resume here that you are a candidate for uh, state legislature of the House of the State of Arkansas. Uh, could you just give us uh, just a little uh, synopsis of why you're running uh, for state legislature at this time? Most importantly, uh, legislative, anyone that really can um, uh, except the mere fact that uh, having been a public servant, um, having the passion to be a public servant, I think I, 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 I didn't quite understand it earlier when I was in, in middle school, uh, probably, you know, probably as much as I did when I got ready to graduate. But um, I, I, I love the mere fact of always sharing the story where there was a gentleman that ran for mayor in that small community of Gilmore where um, he was going to run for his final time for, for re-election, and he wanted to uh, do some major in infrastructure like with the roads, because back then uh, we had just really gravel roads. We didn't have asphalt paved roads in, in Gilmore at the time, and he really wanted to make a major difference in the community of his, in of his administration. Well, I was just a teenager who, but quite naturally, was not young enough to vote or registered to vote anyone either, but I was a paper boy. And um, he and I was just talking one day as he was paying me his monthly bill. And he says, I don't get a chance to see you much. He says, but I really appreciate you uh, for continuing to bring the paper, et cetera. And, and he says, yeah. I said, well, I heard something about you going to be running for mayor and this your last time. He says, yeah, I really want to run and I want to win because um, uh, I, I, I want to pave these streets. I want to make a big impact. And he says that I can really make a difference. He says, um, and I says, what can I do? He says, well, do you know anybody that you can help maybe put up signs and, and get my information out and, and et cetera? And I says, uh, well, uh, I do have some brothers at home that could probably help put up signs. I said, but as far as your communication is concerned, I, I actually, um, would be more than glad to put your, your information in the newspaper. And he looked at me and he says, really? I says, yeah. I says, uh, I would be more than glad to just put your, uh, put your information in all the newspaper. I got over a hundred plus individuals in this, in this city that's on my uh, paper route and your information can go in, in the paper and, and it would, I wouldn't charge you a dime to do that. And to make a long story short, I did that not really realizing the impact of that five days a week and as much as he wanted to help out uh, with his um, ability and efforts. Uh, well, guess what? He won. And, and when he won, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And I'll never forget, there was one, one name that he says, I'm going to bring the governor. And, um, um, and um, when I went to selection and, 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 and uh, sure enough, that governor came in. His name was Bill Clinton. And I remember Bill Clinton in a little small town of Gilmore, Arkansas, uh, told us that uh, uh, I'm going to run for the president of the United States, and I'm going to reassure you that these streets will be paid. Well, guess what? Gilmore streets were paved then; they're still paid. And but uh, back then, that, that that just really gave me a greater impact to say, "Wow, someone." With, with, that can do 
this much public service make a greater impact. That really inspired me. And that's why I think that gave me that that really early desire to say, how can I better help serve and make big changes in, in communities where we live? And so, uh, hey, we are still here. We've been able to serve in the past city council and serve on various boards from Good Neighbor uh, Center there in West Memphis, Arkansas, a tri-state board uh, for Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, and Louisiana that I served uh, one of um, the only uh, presidents to serve a tenure of two terms. Uh, no one had ever done that before uh, with the habitat. The humanity has helped build uh, a lot of homes uh, for misfortunate people and uh, just was able to get involved. So I've always been involved uh, in the legislature, in government. And so just political, just want to be involved as a grassroots. But you've heard that old saying, Dr. Adams, uh, when you go to seeing problems and instead of you keep talking about the problems, uh, how about coming with a solution, right? You, you've heard that. And mm -hmm. so that's where I'm in my life now, at a point in my life that I've identified some, some major problems, some major disconnection, some major uh, ch changes that has happened uh, since I was a, a younger, younger man. Um, and, okay. and now I, I have accepted the mere fact, instead of just waiting and hoping, I've tried to help support other candidates. I have helped so many other candidates be so successful. And yet I've also have seen so many candidates who actually got there and didn't do quite as what was expected and most importantly, what was desired and needed. So uh, where we are today, if I decided to no longer just keep looking on the sidelines, but get involved. And that's where I am today. I, I've decided to not just identify the problem, but say, hey, I, I found a solution. I want to get involved. I want to serve more. And that's where my passion is serving people. And I love people, love community, uh, uh, faith-based. Listen, I, you know, you, I'm, I'm, you know I, I've only been, been a Christian all my life may not have been so perfect, I must say, but but having a strong faith in God and most importantly, understanding that we can be change agents. And so that's where I am today right now, just wanted to be a change agent uh, in, a, in a greater and larger capacity. Let me ask you this, and uh, as, as I've heard you talk and speak, and many are impressed uh, with your candidacy, uh, what would you say would be the cornerstone of your uh, platform and why, uh, since there is a candidate who is an incumbent and has been in office for four terms times two, eight years, uh, why now uh, are you uh, engaging uh, in a legislative race? Uh, I guess your um, incumbent uh, state legislator. Well, you know, in the past, uh, Dr. Adams, uh, there was a term limit called six years. And, you know, uh, I, I don't know too much familiar with um, what has been the past practice in other states like I am more familiar with Arkansas. Arkansas has been a state that uh, we felt like that term limit was, was very important. And we did not want to see corruption, and we didn't want to see uh, people who feel like they're entitled and all of that. Uh, so it gives everyone not only an opportunity to expand and share opportunities, but also uh, give an opportunity for those who so desire uh, to serve, and most importantly, reassure those that are serving, uh, you won't stay forever. But uh, just a few years back, uh, the, the state of Arkansas uh, changed its its actual practice of its original terms of six years for state legislative. It was increased uh, now up to 16 years, in which uh, over right at 2.9 million people, almost 3 million people, 75 counties uh, that make up the great state of Arkansas. Very few people even know that that even exists now, uh, up to now 16 years because. Um, uh, the current individuals who are presently serving 
uh, have not gone to share that even with their constituents uh, openly and publicly. Uh, so they've been able to just kind of ride on the very fact that once you make it, you stay there. And in the common practice where we are uh, in the in the uh, uh, Pi Phi is the is cr basically Crittenden County and uh, Mississippi County. And the common practice uh, in the past uh, years has definitely been once you get in there, you turn out, which has only been six years. So the common practice when an individual gets this is, well, they're only going to be able to run three terms and they go. And you, they send someone else and they elect that person. He says, okay, three terms, you're gone. Well, unfortunately, this is the first time since um, the term that has been expanded now to 16 years that this individual candidate here has been able to serve four terms, which is now eight years. And what has happened, um, a lot of people not only didn't know uh, that the term limits have been expanded, but um, what has given me a greater sense of the landscape, understanding the landscape of our district and also understanding where we were uh, then and where we are today, there has been a great significant change. And so what I wanted to make sure that um, we can kind of make some inroads here and make some greater impacts if we change uh change direction with the leadership. So that's what one of the things that really inspired me, understanding that our demographics where we are located, we not only have, you talk about 55, you know, the interstate, we got the railroad, we got the Mississippi River, we got the second largest airport. And, um, and uh, most importantly, you know, you talk about, um, we're in the Delta, uh, where you talk about the crossroad, where 55 and 40, comes together, merged together. Intersection of the world is right here. And I think that this gives us a greater opportunity. Uh, why shouldn't we have greater, better infrastructures going on? Because the world has access to us as much as we have access to the world, just where we are. And so that was one of the things that I really feel like uh, from the West Memphis area all the way back, uh, heading to the boot hills is that we have so many great opportunities for expansions and to bring other nice businesses and, and, and increase our presence and making a bigger impact to the world. I would ask you, uh, what is the fundamental difference between your platform and the platform of the incumbent as far as where you stand on the issue and why is it important for the people uh, to make a choice uh, for Gary Tobar as their state representative? Well, Dr. Adams, you know, I, I must say that um, my number one indifference is I'm, again, people and community driven. And so I know in the past practice, a lot of people have tried to sway people just based on a party. And when you go to trying to promote a party, attach yourself with just a name of a party, um, because the common practice, understanding where we are, quite naturally has been strong based on a one party only. But but understanding that our landscape over, over the last uh, decade has definitely changed within the last decade, it has changed. The state has changed. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Dr. Adams, but uh, again, I may mention about Arkansas is approximately uh, 3 million people. Well, out of the 3 million people, uh, we as um, African-Americans, we only make up approximately 14.8% of that. So you're talking a little bit less than a quarter of a million out of 3 million. Okay, and out of that three million, of the quarter of a million, we still only represents out of seventy-five counties, approximately ten counties that we notify and call it as the Delta. And you and I know where the Delta is located, right up and down the Mississippi River here, all the way on one side of the line, which is right here in the Delta, located up and down the Mississippi River, and that's where the African Americans have been aligned 
and you already know, being the line for a half a century, the common practice for us and our common uh, attachment to a party has been just a party. But when you think about the demographics where we are, we're still the same, right? But everything has changed since over the last decade. A state, Arkansas, has been predominantly driven uh, by one particular party in general. But now for the last decade, almost a decade later, we've changed. The landscape has changed. The, the ideals of everyone has changed. Uh, different different uh, infrastructures has taken place. A matter of fact, you talk about a, a, a state now that out of 100 seats has 76 of a majority of a party uh, that is now called the Republican Party. You know, you got only 35 seats in the Senate seat. Uh, that out of 35 seats, 27 seats are now Republican. And then you have a governor and a lieutenant governor, a secretary of the state, attorney general, land commissioner. Uh, the, the trifecta, the trifecta of Arkansas is Republican now. But yet the 14.8%, the majority of that 14.8% are still defined by one particular party, which is now Democrat. And because of the African-American who has been aligned with one party only, uh, that has also been part of our present disconnect situation because it has now been a, a systemic practice of alignment and voting. And when we're not uh, uh, presently looking at not where we are today, but keep looking at the islands of yesterday, we're not now no longer present or valuable as we know we really are, but, but we have no presence as stakeholders. Uh, when you think about the, the 24 seats that I just made mention uh, that are left out of the 76, uh, you're only dealing with seven African-Americans that are in the state house representative. And when you think about the house of representative out of the 35, and I made the mention that 27 are Republicans, only three out of the nine that are left are African-Americans. So we only have 10 African-Americans in the entire state of Arkansas, regardless of what party line you want to go with. There's still only 10 seats that African-Americans have a presence uh, at the state table out of 135 seats. And out of that 10, one of the seats is still in the House, which is the seventh, which is the, one of the seats that I'm running for now, it's a democratic state uh, stakeholder. But the truth of the matter is, he's still running against 76 Republicans. And I think that one, one thing that the people now are, are waking up and realizing is that uh, there's, a, there's a major difference between just going by a party. You know, you, you and I, are, um, I, 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 I say this often, that we are very more open about having a bipartisan relationship understanding that when it comes down to people-driven and community-driven, you don't want to get caught up in party. You just want the best person to, who's going to take a stand, who's going to do the right things and make sure that the people uh, get those things that are needed, those things that are merited, those things that are warranted, and not just say, I want the seat just because I'm affiliated with the party. I've often said that if you're going to take an office or take a position, you're going to do something or move out the way. Is he going to move forward in making progress? If not, just move on out the way. And that is where we are today because for the last eight years, uh, where we are now in our district, we're in a stagnated position. Um, uh, very stagnated. Matter of fact, we've, we've, we've seen the infrastructures that uh, major business have left. Um, we've seen where the disconnect, where the present is, is not even uh, attaching himself with the present uh, leadership that is causing us to not have the accessibility that we so desire. Dr. Adams, when you think about um, you think about the difference between the current uh, incumbent versus me, I understand that great business is good business, and good business is always good business because good business is always a win-win situation. And it's always good to do good business because it's good business. And the only time we stop doing business is when business is no longer good. 
And right now, where we are with the current, there's no business at all. And so that's why I make I make it very clear, aligning ourselves to serve for the betterment of the of our people, not to say I'm just attached to a party. Party doesn't necessarily mean that you're guaranteed to do much. But I do say this about when you're people driven, when you're people driven and community driven, it's not about the party. It's about the people. And that's why I'm running based on the mere fact that the people that live within District 55, they deserve, they want more, they, they desire to have more. And guess what? I'm willing to be a champion for them trying to create and make better roads, inroads with a present current relationship with approximately 115 individuals that are already up there. I have great relationship. I'm with those 76 in the House, 27 in the Senate. I have a great relationship with the present governor, as well as the secretary of the state, lieutenant governor, the attorney general. I have a great relationship with all of those. And, and don't forget our congressman, uh, Congressman Rick Crawford and I was just together just a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I have those relationships that are already built. And that's what it's about. It's not so much, again, looking at a party. It's about looking at the person. And I'm that kind of individual that I really believe that. Regardless of what a party a person is affiliated, if that individual has the ability to sit at, at the round table, not only have disagreement, but be willing to share, listen to one another, and, and, and come to a mutual agreement that it's a win-win situation where we can sit down and discover that our greatest common goals is to reach of the greatest representation and benefit for the individuals, for the men and women, boys and girls that we're representing. And it will be a win-win situation because they win when they're able to take things back, get things back for their people. And they know that I'll be excited to take things back for the people that I represent. And I think that that's what it's all about, having that ability to sit down and say, we may not agree on everything, but this one thing that we've been sworn to do, serve the betterment for our people. And I think that that is one of the greatest difference between me and the current. Okay. I think you've articulated your position quite well uh, as we move. And thank you so very much uh, for that. And I think you're trying to separate yourself uh, from uh, the position of the incumbent by saying, uh, that I'm going to be more uh, people uh, involved as well as working with uh, all of the state legislators and senators uh, from all of the districts across Arkansas as a win-win situation for everybody. Is that that's what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could agree that. When you have a, a, a greater, a vast of people who's already willing to work with you and, and open arms and having open door relationship policies already in place, uh, and these are just having nurturing relationships, nurturing uh, that I've developed, you, you know, um, and I think that's what it's about. You, you know, I actually was out earlier today, actually in a field. Uh, I, I love farming. Um, uh, I really love farming. Uh, and of course, 80% of, of the landscape of, of District 55 is actually farming, agri. And uh, that's one of my reasons why I have my platform that I talk about. Um, uh, it's called the ABCDE. And that platform for me is A for agriculture, B for business, C for community, D for development, and E for education. And I call that the ABCDE. Platform that is my and what that basically represents. Those are the real major pillars of that really makes up District 55. Those main five components uh, uh, has been narrowed down that out of out of the almost 30,000 people, uh, probably 14 municipalities that make up District 55. Those are the common areas uh, that I've been able to sit and talk uh, and. Uh, and get a kind of like a real narration 
of the common uh, things that make up District 55. So you, you talk about the A for agriculture, you talk about our farmers who are the largest stakeholders. Um, I actually was walking uh, in a field today where one gentleman that I really never met in my life, but we talked and um, I introduced myself and he says, are you a politician? I says, no, sir, I'm, I'm actually a statesman. My, my role is to operate as an effective statesman that would represent all. And um, I don't believe in politics. I believe in government. And I says, and as a statesman, I just want to serve the people at large, everyone within. And I said, politics gets you one way only. And then he went on to say, Dr. Adams, he said, uh, what affiliation uh, uh, that, that uh, how are you looking at the affiliation of this new presidency? And I made one statement. I said, well, sir, uh, can I be real with you? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm almost got blinds on. I'm so narrowing right now. I says, because when I look at where we are today in District 55, I'm very hurt on the state level because right now there's approximately $6 million that is made available, I says, every session. And I says, right now, for the last eight years, that's approximately $96 billion that has been afforded to the current, and I don't see anything that he's brought back. And, and the guy went on to say, he was from Newark. He was driving driving a truck, and he went on to say, Dr. Adams, that how he was very appalled of some of the things with both presidential candidates. I didn't say a word. He jumped out there, and man, that guy flew. Oh, my God. He went to just running it, running it, running wide open on both presidential candidacy. Oh, my God. And, and almost like, uh, okay, I just stood there, and I stood there. And when he got through, I, mean, I says, you know one great thing I love about America? I said, America has a right to vote. And I said, when America vote, uh, I said, it speaks. Everyone listen, and it's the outcome. And you know what he said to me, Dr. Adams? Mm -hmm. He said, sir, mm -hmm. I've never met you before. He said, but I love the way how you did not retaliate to me. He said, I like the way that you did not come back fighting. And he said, you heard me. He said, and you listened to me. And he says, was I really right? Really doesn't matter. He said, I just blew off some steam. He said, but you know what? That's the kind of leadership that we need. He said, if, if I lived in this area, he said, I would vote for you. He said, because you heard me out. I mean, what I'm saying, it, it really doesn't matter, uh, um, uh, again, uh, about get caught up on the popularity of, of, a, of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a stand, of, of a party. We have to look at what is, what is the most common desire for every individual who votes? What, what person will represent us the best? What person can get the job done? That's what it comes down to, you know, and that's what I that's why I think when I saw that today, boy, did I because I'm going to be real with you, Dr. Adams. I really did not know exactly which way that guy was going, but I knew one thing. He was talking. He wanted to be heard. And I had time enough to listen. And I think that that's one of the key points, learning how to listen to those of our constituents learning what the needs are, and then being able to go to the Capitol and make a presentation because we've heard from our people. And I think that that's where our people of District 55 now is really wanting. They're wanting not only to be heard, but also they want someone to go and champion their needs. Thank you so very much. You have been listening to Crossroads. I'm your host, moderator, narrator, Lee Adams. We have taken a travel up Interstate 55 North, and we have disembarked uh, up the trail, speaking to candidate Gary Tobar, and we thank him for bringing his views unto us. One final remark before we close out. I want to say thank you, Dr. Bruce Smith, for being at the helm of the controls. One minute. Uh, Kennedy Tobar, where do we go from here? 
Thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Adams. I, I encourage that this is a very uh, momentous time in, in a, not only just in District 55, but in America. And when I think about where we are um, 50, 55 years ago, there was an African-American uh, who spoke very clear, uh, Dr. MLK, who talked about having a dream. I can say uh, 55 years later, uh, I, I can see that what he saw as a dream is now reality. I'm asking everyone now, because his dream lives, I, I hope and pray in this election uh, that the decisions that we would make, that we would give some other young man, some other young lady, some other boy, girl, some other man or woman, an opportunity to let their dreams become a reality. And I believe that uh, going to the polls October the 19th, this early vote through October 31st, and then for those that were going to wait till November the 3rd, which is the final day, I hope and pray that you consider about making District 55, making our United States of America a greater country because we've gotten involved, exercising our right to vote, and making sure that we vote, not just for the sake of just voting, but voting for the right individuals that can help make a difference. I thank you, Dr. Adams, for giving me an opportunity to be with you this morning, because I promise you, I'm going to get out here on the, on the racetrack here and, and uh, see some of these fast cars this morning, get out and do some things. I'm really excited, uh, and I hope you get a chance to join me. Thank you so very much. This is Crossroads with your host, moderator, narrator Lee Adams. Thank you, Candidate Tobar, and to all of the listening audience. Have a great day and exercise your right to the freedom of choice. Have a great day. Thank you so very much. Thanks, everyone is on.